This is the Mahabharata Podcast, Episode 62, Day 1 Concluded. Last time, the war finally got underway. We've had several false starts for the past eight episodes, with the armies preparing for war, setting the battle lines, but then stopping to hear one story after another, culminating in the Bhagavad Gita. Following that, you might have thought the war was finally about to begin, but there remained one more delay, when Yudhishthira saw fit to cross into enemy lines and ask for blessings from his elders, gurus, and friends. Like a Vedic sacrifice, the fighting could not begin until all the proper preparations had been made and all formalities observed. Only then, in the last episode, did hostilities finally break out. Despite the vast numbers of commoners ground into hamburger that first morning, the outcome was a draw. Neither side was able to get the upper hand. Some of our heroes were mildly injured, but no one important enough to be named was killed. Instead, each warrior was matched up with an opponent of equal skills, so nothing much was accomplished aside from Krishna's overriding objective of sending as many men to the underworld as possible. At that, he was wildly successful. By the end of last episode, the story had become something like a sports wrap-up on TV. We were treated to brief vignettes on whom each hero fought and how each of them fared. I should confess right now that I skipped the duels between the lesser-known characters, such as the face-off between the Karva younger brother Virabahu and Virata's son Uttara. I promise that if either had been killed or knocked out of the fight, I would have mentioned it. Like all the other duels of that first morning, even the most obscure engagements were a draw. According to Sanjay, it was this frustrating stalemate that drove both sides into a demonic frenzy, where all the niceties of chivalry were thrown out the window, and men became willing to attempt anything to get the upper hand. It was then that, in an attempt to upset the balance, Bhishma led a major offensive against the opposing side. Bhishma's banner had the image of a palm tree with five stars around it. As if reflecting that picture, five warriors, Durmukha, Kritavarman, Kripa, Shalya, and Vivinshati formed a guard around the old commander as he led his assault. Thus enforced, Bhishma broke through the Pandava lines, sowing chaos among the ranks. Trying to contain the damage, the Pandava allies were unable to locate Bhishma. Reports came from five different armies that the old man was just then in their midst doing great damage. It seemed like he was in five places at the same time. Arjun's son, Abhimanyu, who had been raised at Dwarka and probably barely knew his old uncle, finally got frustrated at his elder's impotence, and he took matters into his own hand. Ignoring the confusing reports, he just headed straight for the epicenter of all the chaos. As expected, he found the old man wreaking havoc among the elephants. Bearing a banner with a single tree, he took on Bhishma and his honor guard. The first thing he did was strike down Bhishma's palm tree banner. Kritavarman got an arrow in the stomach, and Shalya got stuck five times. Bhishma received nine arrow wounds from his valiant grandnephew. Abhimanyu wasn't done yet. He also decapitated Durmukha's driver and split Kripa's best bow into pieces. The gods, watching from above, put down their popcorn to cheer the young upstart. Bhishma's guard were also quite impressed with Krishna's nephew, thinking how the boy resembled his father in battle. But then Bhishma countered, shooting out the boy's banner and then hitting him with nine arrows, then decapitating the boy's driver. The boy was surrounded and incapacitated, but he did not waver for a second. He simply pressed his attack on the commander while deftly parrying the attacks made by Bhishma's guards. Perhaps surprised to find himself so well matched by this young whippersnapper, Bhishma pulled out a magic spell. As Bhishma chanted an arcane mantra, 
a thousand glistening arrows suddenly appeared in a wide circle around Abimanyu and then launched themselves at him from all directions at one time. The boy was hard-pressed, but Bhima Sena had already arrived with a relief force. Soon, the spectacular duel between the ancient Kuru and the boy prince was overrun by a flood of combatants, breaking up the encounter before anything could be accomplished. King Virata's son, Utara, was among those who came to Abimanyu's relief. From atop a mountainous war elephant, Prince Utara squared off with Shalya, who was driving a chariot. The elephant stomped the yoke of the chariot, smashing all the horses in the process. Shalya then threw an iron dart at the prince, which knocked the boy right off the elephant. Swiftly, Shalya drew his sword and cut off the elephant's trunk in a single blow. Screaming horrifically, the elephant collapsed on its rider, killing the boy who had once led Arjun's chariot into battle. Uttar is the first named casualty of the war. There will be many more to follow. The first to react to Uttara's death was his younger brother, Shveta. Infuriated, he assaulted Shalya, who remained on foot, tangled in the mass of chariot parts and elephant guts. Seven warriors, including Jayadratha of Sindh, raced to Shalya's aid, but their arrows were cut down and bows destroyed by the angry prince. With the rescuers now incapacitated, Shveta approached Shalya to finish him off. The boy failed, however, when Duryodhana and Bhishma raced in to rescue good King Shalya. Shalya was rescued and Shveta thrown back, but Sikandin led a counterattack and basically all hell broke loose. A huge cloud of dust rose up and in the confusion countless chariots were destroyed, drivers killed, and warriors were maimed, then ground into the dirt. Shveta, however, had slipped away, set himself up on a small rise, and showered arrows down on the enemy, killing thousands from a distance. Bhishma then broke off to counter this new threat, concentrating his attack on this one obscure but angry princeling. Tapping into some supernatural reserve of martial power, Shveta found himself dueling with the mighty Bhishma and holding his ground. He laughed as he countered Bhishma's attacks and shot out his bows. Shveta took his share of damage, but he somehow had the advantage over the enemy commander. Shocked at this turn of events, Duryodhana organized a rescue for his own protector. Even though Bhishma looked like a porcupine with arrows sticking out of him, he was greatly annoyed that he needed saving. He stood his ground and shot out Shveta's horses. Shveta dropped his bow, grabbed a spear, cried, Hold still, you son of a bitch, and lobbed the missile straight at Bhishma. It was one of those slow-motion moments when everyone paused in their fighting to see what would happen next. Swiftly, Bhishma fired nine arrows, all of which struck the missile in mid-flight and sent shards raining harmlessly down. Now consumed by an unthinking frenzy, Virata's son grabbed a massive bludgeon and charged Bhishma. The weight of the blow was too much to stop, so the old man ducked out of the way as it came crashing down. Bhishma threw himself to the ground while his chariot exploded in wood shards and shrapnel. Bhishma stood, and realizing he was unhurt, he heard a voice in his head say, Now is the time, kill him now! A grim smile on his face, Bhishma slowly gathered his bow and a single arrow. Ignoring all the arrows and blows aimed at him, and ignoring the arrows and blows trying to defend him, Bhishma notched this single arrow to his bow and endowed it with a magic spell. While the gods and rishis leaned in to watch, he let this magic arrow fly and it passed right through Shveta's body, and the boy collapsed to the ground lifeless. The Pandavas all wailed and moaned at the loss of these valiant princes, while the Karavas celebrated. Dushasan performed a ridiculous little dance to the sound of the drums. This was the last great duel of the day. The sun had already set, so both sides withdrew for the night. The Pandavas returned to their camp in a depressed mood. 
Things had looked good on paper, but now that the fighting was underway, it looked like they were in for a long slog. They had made no headway against their enemy, and if you're keeping score, the Pandavas were down 2-0. to zero. Listening to Sanjay tell this heartbreaking story, all King Dhritarashtra had to say was, Wow, that news really glads my heart. I don't even care that the old man cheated and used magic to win. I'm just glad he's definitely fighting for our side. Meanwhile, the Karva camp was in high spirits, and everyone celebrated Bhishma's performance. Things were pretty grim back at the Pandava camp, however. After cleaning up, the brothers set off for Krishna's tent for advice. Yudhishthira said to Krishna, As you could see today, old Bhishma is kicking our butts. We can't seem to beat him, and if we fail, this war will soon be lost. All I'm doing is sending my friends off to hell, with Bhishma as the means of their destruction. I was a great fool in allowing us to get caught up in a fight with him as our enemy. The longer we fight, the more of us will die, so let's forget about it. I'll just find a cabin in the woods and retire. It's better I do that than continue sending these kings to their death. So tell me, what should I do? Shall I give up my claims and retire to the forest? Or can you produce for me a hero who could take Bhishma out of the fight? Krishna tried to soothe the king by restating the facts, which is that Drupad and Dristid Yumna would surely win their revenge, as would Sikandin. Thus Bhishma and Drona would soon enough be neutralized. Pointing out that stopping Bhishma couldn't come soon enough, Yudhishthira addressed his field marshal. He said to Dristid Yumna, Son of Drupad, you are my commander, and I and my brothers give you our full support. Touched by this vote of confidence, Dristid Yumna said, Son of Kunti, I am destined to be the slayer of Drona. I have a plan for tomorrow that will check all of these guys on the field. You see, I know of a formation called the Crown Charuna, which has never been seen in this dimension. So let's use that and see what the Karvas make of it. I suppose this formation resembled a bird of some sort, because Arjun led the van while the others took up the positions of head, neck, back, and right and left wings. It says 10,000 warriors made up each wing, 100,000 made up the head, 100 million made up the back, and 70,000 the neck. This bird must have had the proportions more like a turtle, but whatever. All the soldiers took their positions and waited for daybreak. On the opposite side, Duryodhana took one look at this fancy formation, shrugged, and reminded his captains that their only goal was to protect Bhishma. With no particular order, they all lined up and prepared for the next day's battle to begin. Bhishma resumed his position at the front and center of the army and watched as the sunlight broke out on the horizon. Krishna blew his Panchanjanya and Arjun blew on Devadatta, followed by millions of other conches. Vyasa said, The raucous and tumultuous noise reverberated through earth and sky, and so the crews and Pandavas, in high excitement, again assembled for battle, ready to smite one another. I'll stop here for now. This ends the first day of the 18-day battle of Kurukshetra. Inexplicably, Arjun has been out of the action. I cannot account for what he did all day, other than keep out of the way so some of the lesser heroes could win some glory. But don't worry, on day two, Arjun and Bhima will grab center stage, and perhaps they'll finally make some headway. Thanks for listening.